Hello, my babies, and welcome once again to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Happy Indonesian Constitution Day, Joseph. Or Hick, for sh- Hick for short. Okay, anyway, <laughs> are we are we back for season five, six, what is it, seven? I don't jo- know. Joe, number one, yeah. we don't really work in seasons. Secondly... I have no idea. I've not been keeping track. <laughs> I, I have to do it in season, so it feels like like real entertainment business to me. It's the only thing keeping me on is pretending like we are actually part of the entertainment scene. Anyway, all right. It's 2021. Shit's still pretty messed up, and, uh, and we're all pretending like it's not, and we're back. That's all. Coming up on today's <laughs> show, lots to catch up on, including summer vacations, the card counter. Where are we at? What's going on? I will be asking those questions. Very good. Uh, there's a major online series starting in a few days. Yeah. WCOOP 2021. It's here already, and we are going to stream it. Details coming up. Yeah. When we planned our podcast schedule, I didn't think we'd be coming back the same week as WCOOP. I thought we'd have, as usual, like two or three weeks to get prepared. But nope, it's starting in late August, and we are here for it. Once again, they have completely ignored my request to have W. Coop revolve around my own personal schedule. Uh, finally, someone who's going to be a big part of our W. Coop streaming plans is the orchestrator of the mixed games movement, Mason Pie. Finally, going to get him on the show today. Indeed. And a new, a new season means we're unveiling a new segment. Got a poker dispute you want settled? Got any dispute you want settled, even with a tenuous connection to poker? We got you, boo-boo. James and Joe will settle your poker, or not, disputes in front of the world in a new segment we're calling, Can I Get a Ruling? Okay, we'll get into this later in the show. I'm I'm intrigued, Joseph. Intrigued. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. And (laughs) before I announce that we're doing it from now on, we'll see how it goes this week. Uh, and <laughs> Super Fan versus Stapes is, of course, back. Uh, we're kicking things off this time around with Ben File. He'll be on the show to quiz me on the subject of Devilfish. And before you ask me Devilfish questions, I need to ask you, James, can I still be sued for libel after someone is dead? Uh, officially, no. Although I do believe it's generally best practice not to speak ill of the dead. So maybe I just know keep that's, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say I am going to speak ill of the dead. I, I hate that rule, though. That's so stupid. If someone was a jerk, you should be able to say they are a jerk after they died, especially after they died, because they're not even around to be upset about it anymore. Anyway, fine. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Look, we have a really exciting development, and uh, I think a bit of a mea culpa, right? I don't think we do a great job, necessarily, of making this an interactive show. I know sometimes we ask you to tweet questions and comments and sometimes we'll get around to looking at the timeline and reading some of those comments but I really feel that we don't incorporate enough of your input into this show my input no I'm talking to the listener (laughs) you have plenty of input you have too too much much input we need to tone down (laughs) the amount of Stapleton in the show and actually give the people more of what they want okay so how are we going to do this so we looked at options really now how do we create a kind of hub how do we create a home for the podcast and the obvious place to put it 
is the Pokestars Discord server. Pokestars is already on Discord. It already has channels which kind of act like forum threads, if you like, uh, around Twitch, around Pokestars School, around software updates. So this seems like a logical place to put poker in the ears. There's already plenty of people who are members of that server, and it is really easy, super easy to join. The key thing with Discord is, yes, there is a downloadable version of it, but you can also access it through a web browser. And once you are into that PokerStars world, you have access to everything else. And again, I don't want to sound schmaltzy and uh, kind of inappropriate, but one of my favorite things that we ever did, Joe, at the 100th episode recording at the Hippodrome was bringing all those fans together, bringing our audience together in a room so they could actually meet each other. It wasn't just being there to see the recording of that show and to play poker with us. It's the fact that people who have a common interest, who share this podcast and this world and this universe, we're able to meet each other. And okay, we might not be able to do that physically, but hey, we can bring people together virtually. So if we can bring former super fans together, regular listeners together in this space, I think that'd be a really cool thing to do. It would be a cool thing to do. And why why not be schmaltzy, James? Why, I, I think we need more schmaltz here in season six, personally. So we, <laughs> season... Uh, so basically, we're going to have dedicated yeah. channels to just discussion around the show, super fan applications, and I'm going to make sure that there is a pinned post which has a list of all the subjects that have gone already, because I know a lot of people are asking, you know, is there some way we can reference which subjects have gone? Because we don't like to do repeats. Um, but also your suggestions for the show, guest suggestions, topics we should be covering. Let's get the conversation going. Let's make this a two-way street. And... The way to join, and I make sure that I post the link in the podcast description. It's also on the rail in the PokerStars client if you want that link, but it's the PStars link, the, the abbreviated URL, which is psta.rs slash discord. Alternatively, if you go to Discord and you search for a server, if you search PokerStars, you will find us as well. And here's what I'm wanting to do, Joe. Here is the carrot I'm going to dangle, right, is... Once we get this going, and by the time you listen to this podcast, we will be live, we will be there. If in the general chat thread, if in the general podcast discussion thread, if you introduce yourself, say hello, tell us your name, tell us where you are in the world, and tell us how long you've been listening to Poker in the Ears, I guarantee you a shout out on next week's show, plus you will go into a draw to win some PokerStars merch. And those are the only rules. Tell us who you are, where you are, how long you've been listening, introduce yourself to the world, we'll give you a shout-out on the show, and you could win some prizes. How's that? I I would really love if next week's show was four hours long because we have to read like 5,500 names. I mean, it might just be a hello to and rattling off some names because we expect next week's show to be a bit shorter, considering we're midway through WCOOP at that point. But yes, please do get involved in the conversation. Discord is now really the home of comments, questions, feedback, superfan applications. So uh, long overdue, long overdue, but I'm glad that we're finally able to do it at last. Awesome. So just to recap, if you want to download Discord and like really be in the mix with us, you can do that. But if you just want to pop in and like leave a message or whatever, you can just do that through a web browser, right? Absolutely. Okay, perfect. Wonderful. Hope to see you guys there. Really looking forward to meeting some more folks and also to uh, 
to just thinking about the podcast a little more often, you know, because sometimes I, I shelve it for a week mentally. And so it'll be nice to just uh, see what's going on there. James, I'm also very excited to, to hear about your summer vacation. You and I haven't really talked that much no. uh, over the last five or six weeks. No, I mean, we've had an eight week break from the podcast. Yes, there were some sun, some Sunday night streams, some Monday night streams covering Sunday night tournaments, but there was... A few that didn't happen. There's a few that uh, you did without me. Um, I went to Cornwall for a few days, which was very pleasant. Nice change of scenery. The big vacation, my two-week trip, was went back to Finland for the first time in 18 months uh, to see my wife's family. Uh, that was really awesome. The really weird thing about my summer holiday is the fact that the James Bond movie Moonraker is following me around. Having watched it on the last bank holiday, because I did that stupid thing on the 007 Twitter account where I watched the first Bond movie title that I could find in the word grid, and it was bloody <laughs> Moonraker. It then came on ITV4, I think while I was on holiday in Cornwall, was just flicking around on the hotel TV to find something to watch in the background. I arrive in Finland, and of course they've got a Roger Moore season on Finnish TV, so I get to see Moonraker, Octopussy, and Fior Eyes Only. By the way, guys, don't show Bond movies out of sequence. If you're going to show those three films, Moonraker, <laughs> For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, FYI. Um, and finally, and most weirdly, is I rented the Marvel movie Black Widow from Disney+. Plus. Oh, I played right. the premiere yeah. description. And there's this really weird scene where Natasha Romanoff is watching Moonraker and knows the movie so well that she's talking along with the dialogue of all the Bond movies. Why that one? Yeah, that's really weird. And don't forget, James, as long as we're talking Glitch in the Matrix here, I sent you those cards as well. You did. The Moonraker trading cards, all in this same span of time. That's that's pretty weird. And the final, final Moonraker connection is, oh. and it was a tweet that didn't get a lot of love because I figure it was a joke a lot of people didn't get. Andy Murray, when he was playing at Wimbledon, there was a line judge who was the spitting image of Michael Lonsdale as Hugo Drax in Moonraker. And I felt that like Drax had found a new career in tennis officiating. Um, okay, so where I don't want this to be like a four-hour show. Obviously, you don't either. Where do you rank Drax as far as villains are concerned? Notwithstanding, you know, with, with the cheesiness of Moonraker. No, as he's a whole. actually by far and away decent, the right? best thing about that movie. Yeah. Very, very good actor in a very well-written role. Has all of the best lines in the movie. It's almost like the screenwriter Christopher Wood put 99% of his energies into giving Drax some killer lines and then forgot about the rest of the movie. Um, yeah, no, Drax is a, is a solid Bond villain. Well, I rewatched uh, Casino Royale recently, and I think we may do another deeper discussion well, on that coming up because I have a lot to say. Yeah, it was our boss who flagged that in November it will be the 15th anniversary of Casino Royale. And I think that necessitates a deep dive into that Bond movie, especially because of its strong poker connection. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that again. I took, I actually wrote down a bunch of notes. I was so excited about it. Um, I took a big road trip. I think I left like the day after our last podcast or broadcast or whatever it was. It was because I remember thinking like, oh, it'd be nice to talk about. It. I hope I don't forget all of it. I went back to see my parents for the first time in 18 months. Uh, I went to the whitest wedding of all time, and I know I can say this. I think the blackest artist they played at the reception was Robin Thicke. That was really <laughs> weird to me. Um, 
I went to, and I went on this big, long road trip, which was cool, seeing friends that I've known for a long time, people whose kids I hadn't met and houses I hadn't seen, but also I went and visited a couple people that I became friends with during quarantine in my PokerStars home game, Cool, uh, which was really cool, too. I drove all the way up to Maine and stayed at a lake house with my friend Josh and his wife, uh, and then I drove down to Connecticut and stayed with Kim Caramelli, who is our... I think last guest on the show, next to last guest. She was. We didn't have a guest on the last episode just before the summer break. So episode 217, Kim did indeed headline that show. Oh, and speaking of which, that was supposed to be Aniel Guillen. And as we know, they had their Aniel and uh, Lynn had their kids since then. So congratulations to those guys. Cute little baby uh, all over social media if you guys want to see it. Cool. Cool. Um, funnily enough, I went to go visit Kim and her husband, Vinny, and... They live like a 10-minute drive from Foxwoods. So we were like, hey, let's go Let's go play some live poker. I also met up with two other people from a different home game. We met up in Foxwoods, uh, Joel and Aaron from my other home game. So that was really cool. We had the, Unfortunately, James, what happens when there are five people who know each other playing at a 1-2 table uh, uh, in, yeah. in a live game? That, that, that sounds like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I would say, uh, well, if you consider four buy-ins in a 1-2 game being lost by Joe Stapleton, then yes, it was yeah. a bit of a disaster. <laughs> it was a really fun day, but I, do I didn't drag a single pot, and it's really tough for anyone to win in that situation. Um, it, well, at, at the very least, it's usually going to be four losers and, and one person who sort of ekes out a small profit, but I don't think any of us left the table profitable <laughs> that day. Um, my own home game has kind of fizzled a little bit as uh, the world has opened back up again. But we did do a, uh, a special edition last week. We might go to monthly now. And oddly enough, this is so funny. Nate Silver ended up playing uh, in the game. And I, for a long time, James, have been thinking about pitching Nate Silver on a on a story for 538.com, a, a story about statistics. You know, that's his thing. Yep. He likes this. And I was like, Nate, would you consider writing a a an expose on the unluckiest poker player of all time? No, no, please. I want you to go please. through. I want you to go through my hand histories. No. I want you to look at what's happened to me over the last eighteen months and tell me that I am not the unluckiest person you have ever seen. And Nate was like. We don't really do that. I was like, what if it was like sort of like, you know, they do like pay sort of journalism now, too. I forget what they call it. I was like, you know, it could be sponsored content. Like if I could come up with the money for this. And he's like, no, uh, my site doesn't really do that. And then what happened was after he saw me get it all in twice, once two pair against an over pair and it came running even more over pair and I lost that all in. Uh, and then I got it all in Kings versus Ace King and lost that all in. He was like, you know what? Maybe we could talk about something. <laughs> he actually, he actually just a little bit was like, I think I kind of see what you're talking about. Um, so currently in negotiations with Nick, Nate Silver to do an actual statistical analysis of me possibly being the longest, uh, the unluckiest poker player of all time. I, I love the fact that you could then have that as your brand. Nate Silver approved That's statistical right, analysis like has been conducted and it has been you know, objectively verified that I am the unluckiest person in poker. You know, like the Mike Postle graph, right? Where it's like yeah. him winning way more. Than, I'm losing way more than the losingest player yeah. of all time. Like I'm the anti-Postle. Um, I said I was going to ask about the card counter because yeah. obviously you've been uh, tweeting a lot about this, understandably. 
I think I'm right in saying that it, its US release is, is imminent in the next month. And obviously, most people have seen the trailer by now. Yeah, absolutely. So the trailer came out since we were down. The release date's been set since we were down. I think I knew it ahead of time. It might have let it slip out once or twice. But September 10th is when it's being released in America. I, it's good. I think it's weird. Like Europe, it's some countries, it's not until early next year. I think the UK gets it in November. So unfortunately, as far as a Poker Movie Monday is concerned, we're going to have to wait a while before we can talk about it because we want to give people a chance to see the film. Yeah, we had talked about having Paul on the show uh, this particular episode, and then it ended up being sort of a tight window for everybody's schedules. And also, like like James just mentioned, I don't I don't think the release date until is until November fifth for the UK, um, which is kind of weird in the digital age, right? To have them so yeah. far apart because if I, I think it kind of almost encourages people to to get the movie from less than legal means but try not to do that guys for any movie uh let alone this one that we are really hoping will be a success and will sort of be helpful for the industry um no pun intended there is some oscar buzz for oscar already there was like an imdb article came out yesterday saying like here's the top seven performances we think have a shot this year and uh it was like will smith denzel washington oscar isaac was like the third one they listed that's so, really cool. Um, well, yeah. Just to be so, clear, Joe, I, I do think we should try, and I, I, you know, hopefully you can use your connections. I think we should still try to do a show with Paul Schrader and then separately do a kind of Poker Movie Monday about this film down the line when everyone's had a chance to see it. I'm super excited about seeing the film. I'll be honest with you, the, the trailer didn't do much for me. Now, I'm okay. coming in having read the screenplay, so I kind of know what the movie's about. And look, some trailers, I think oversell a movie some trailers undersell a movie and i think this falls into the latter camp potentially which is the better of the two yeah definitely and i think that the trailer obviously does a pretty good job of just sort of grabbing folks with some of the general themes in the movie but i would agree with you and one thing i like about it uh the trailer is that it doesn't give that much away um you know Unfortunately, what it does show might be some stuff that sort of like um, puts poker players on edge. You know, like there's a lot of blackjack in the trailer and there's, yeah. you know, obviously the title called being called the card counter and all that. Uh, I'll just tell you guys that the poker that it, that is featured in the movie, uh, as long as things didn't change massively from the cut I saw, I think everyone's going to be pretty happy with the poker that's there. And I think people are going to be inc- very surprised by what the actual story is of this movie ends up being. So I, I agree with you there, James. What have you, uh, what, what movies have you actually been watching? So I guess black widows in there. Are you all caught up on Marvel? Uh, yes. So, I mean, are you still we, sour on it all? I mean, we talked about this, didn't we on a, a Sunday million live stream a couple of weeks ago. I think that's where we mainly caught up on what we've been watching. Yeah. I'm kind of like, maybe the Spider-Man movie. I know that's going to be a little bit quirky. I'm more looking forward, I guess, to the new stuff like Eternals, like Shangri-La. I I just kind of feel that all of the characters from the Infinity Saga have kind of run their course now. And unfortunately, none of these TV shows has really, really done it for me. Um, The only thing I've watched in recent days slash weeks is I revisited what's known as the Mick Travis trilogy which is Lindsay anderson's movies if oh lucky man and britannia hospital um a little bit old school uh, interestingly i uh, our friend uh, penelope bartlett programmed them last year they did the uh, 
the Lindsay Anderson McTravis trilogy on the Criterion channel, but I did it on disc and download. But uh, but yeah, it was nice to revisit those movies. If is a masterpiece and is probably kind of one of my top 20 films of all time. Um, if you've never seen it, strongly recommended. Just going to throw that see- out there as a potential I've never seen or even heard subject. of these movies before. Well, Joe, you know, that's, there's, there's, there's a lot of education which needs to be done when it comes to your cinematic knowledge. Well, I've been a little bit better about watching movies lately. For a while, it was all TV, right? And can you really blame anybody? TV's so good right now. Um, I do think that... I'm just, just going to rattle off some of the things I sure. watched. I watched The Jungle Cruise, which I had to pay 30 bucks for. Honestly, didn't mind it at all. Thought it was a pretty fun movie. Thought it was as good as at least the worst Pirates movie. Better than the worst Pirates movies. Maybe not as good as the first Pirate, but close. Uh, fun movie. I watched the Woodstock 99 documentary, which um, I kind of knew everything that happened there, but it's pretty interesting. It's a little behind anyway now. These these things come and go so fast in the pop yeah. culture. Um, I don't, White Lotus was a big thing that everybody kind of latched onto here in the States, a limited series from HBO. I thought it should have been a two-hour movie. Uh, it was really, really good. Don't get me wrong. I saw everything everyone else saw. It just didn't need to be six hours long. I watched. Right now, the thing I'm most excited about is I came home from an open night mic and my girlfriend had taken it upon herself to start watching Deadwood. And I remember loving Deadwood. I always considered Deadwood to be in my top shows of all time. In rewatching it, it's even better uh, watching it a second time. It's just so good. It's probably my number in my top three. I think it's Deadwood justified the shield for me as far as dramas are concerned. Um, so, uh, and I also watched a, a horror movie called The Werewolf Within. A very like it's just like a cheesy five dollar rental, but I did like it very much. Uh, and caught up and rewatched the movie Mallrats for the first time in 20 years. The reason I'm rattling all these off, if any of these sound like super fan subjects to you guys, something you want to do, they're all fresh in my mind. Mallrats in particular, I think, is a movie that a lot of people, 90s kids, uh, probably know pretty well. So if anybody wants to do that one, I am game. Cool. Um, obviously, a fair few things have happened in the poker world while we've been off. I guess the big news story, if we are going to touch on goings on in the industry right now, is the controversy around the World Series of Poker COVID rules. Uh, This is dominating social media at the moment. I kind of feel this is a hard one for us to discuss. And I say that for two reasons. Number one, we are both contracted and or employed by a poker brand that is also a live events operator. So people may think it's difficult for us to be objective about a perceived rival. And point two is... It's very difficult for me to say something without people thinking I'm speaking on behalf of PokerStars and not just voicing the opinion of James Hartigan as an individual. But with right, because we've done this before, right? There's some there's sometimes right that as an individual you may say something, and then later on your company makes a decision that is slightly different than that, and then that's a problem too. So I understand just kind of waiting to see because look, I'll just start off by saying this: people are in really difficult positions. Absolutely. Right? We can recognize that. Absolutely. And I really, really feel for the organizers trying to do this. I guess the bigger question is, should they do it? Why are they so desperate to get this up and running? But I guess at the point that they planned it, at the point they announced it, it was looking different. We yeah. felt like the light was at the end of the tunnel and getting bigger and the situation has changed. And that's always the risk you take. Um, and this is me speaking as an individual. This is my personal opinion. 
um, I do question even now, and I guess I'm talking August, September, October, is it too soon to have a big, and by that I mean international, large-scale live poker series? I know there have been some very, very successful live poker events on a kind of citywide or national level. There was one at the Hippodrome in London just uh, a few weeks back. In fact, there was also a £400 tournament at the Vic, which I saw, which was won by a certain Ram Vaswani. Oh my God, what year is it? <laughs> a former EPT champion who has been off the grid for many years now. Ram took down the £400 London deep stack at the Vic for £24,875. That was awesome to see. So yes, live poker is being played, but you look at something like the World Series, which requires people to travel from across America, requires people to travel from around the world. And that's where I ask the question, is it too soon? Uh, it. it- it very well may be. I basically I don't have a real opinion on um, what should be done. Obviously, I'm just glad it's not my decision. I kind of had predicted that the first bunch of WSOP rules that came out that everyone freaked out about, right? Like, we'll disqualify you if you test positive. If you've been near anyone that tests positive, we can disqualify you too. I was I suspected that that first bunch of rules. Is kind of like when Quentin Tarantino submits like a 17-minute torture scene to the ratings board. And they come back and they go, how about an eight-minute torture scene? And that's what ends up in the movie. And right. I kind of felt like this really draconian, harsh rules came out there so they could walk it back a little bit later. And lo and behold, a week later, it's okay. Well, now if you're vaccinated, you're not going to be disqualified. I think that we're likely to see the goalposts move possibly multiple more times before we actually reach those dates. And of course, I think that this is everyone doing their best just to try to get this thing to happen. And maybe it doesn't happen. I don't, I think that there is, that is that the world series of poker will happen. Um, It seems they, they seem pretty intent on that. As far as rule changes are concerned, I think there's going to be more before we actually get to that date. If it does go ahead, I wonder what kind of scale, what kind of size, and what kind of turnout we're going to see. But assuming it goes ahead, we will discuss it in more detail. I guess probably end of September, previewing the series when it starts in October. Right now, it's all about online poker because there is the World Championship of Online Poker just around the corner. So we just streamed the 50-50 series WCOOP edition. Now it is time for WCOOP proper. The 20th edition of the World Championship of Online Poker starts on Sunday, August 22nd, runs until Wednesday, September the 15th, with a $100 million series guarantee. And I think it's 306 tournaments. That'll be right, 102 events. And of course, all have a low medium and high buy-in and of course joe for us the highlights are going to be the events that we stream and we've announced already i'm sure you've seen the schedule that we are going to be streaming three days a week 
Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. With all of the big events starting on a Sunday, most either conclude on the Monday or Tuesday. So that seems like a logical pattern to follow. And then there's normally a big high roller event on the Tuesday, for example, the Super Tuesday Special Edition, which we can then cover on the Wednesday. So those seem like a good three days to cover every single week. And they are mostly the high rollers from the high buy-in tier, the 5Ks, the 10Ks. There is a 25K super high roller. (laughs) But we are going to mix it up because we are going to have like a $109 low event, which is a Sunday Million Special Edition. So we are going to show Congrats, Dominic Nietzsche, for making it to the top 80. (laughs) To the the low category as well. Um, And regardless of whether you win a low, medium, or a high, trophies are back for all WCOOP winners in 2021 and indeed for the player of the series as well. We're going to be keeping track of that because Howard Swains is going to be part of our coverage. He is our official WCOOP correspondent. He's going to be giving us daily stats where we are at in the series, talking about the winners that we don't see because we're only streaming a handful of events and also keeping track of the country's leaderboard, keeping track of the player of the series competition, which we know from the series we've covered over the last 12 months, players really care about because there's not just the cash prize, there's also a lot of prestige that comes with that. Yeah, you know what? And Howard is just, I don't know if you guys really can appreciate how much work and time and effort and Howard and the rest of the blog team puts into keeping track of WCOOP stats. It actually made me laugh really hard. When uh, there's like a Bible, like a WCOOP Bible that James sent out to us uh, that that Howard and the blog team put together. And the note on it was, this is more accurate than the Wikipedia page because we're the ones who update the Wikipedia page. And I was like, damn, that's that's power, right? That's like that is real expertise. If you're the one running a Wikipedia page, that's where the whole world looks like. That's pretty cool. Those guys know their shit. And of course, the blog coverage is going to be stellar. And we're grateful that we can lean on Howard uh, to bring that knowledge to the live streams as well. So I think everyone knows by now that the start time is always 1.30 Eastern, which is 6.30 UK, which is 7.30 Central European time. And it's going to be the type of stream that you've become used to. Joe and I are anchoring the coverage, but we've got our expert team of analysts that you've come to know and love. Sam Grafton, Maria Ho, Griffin Benger, Nick Walsh, adding Joey Ingram to the mix when we covered the PLO main event at the end of the series. And Again, I just sound like a broken record, Joe, but that is the highlight for me, that final week when we get to the main event. Because, of course, the main event is different. That's why it's called the main event. But also, that's where we get to do multi-day coverage, picking up the action on the Monday, the second day when they play into the money. It's the only time we get to do world-famous bubble coverage from an online series. We get the PLO final table on the Tuesday and then follow the late stages of the No Limit Holden main as it plays down to the FT. And then we have that final table on Wednesday, the 15th of September, the last day of the series. Those three days will be the standout highlight, not to dismiss the first three weeks of streaming that we're going to be doing. No, it's all just a big buildup, right? Like, obviously, we have lots of smaller and sometimes nearly as big prizes along the way, but none of it can eclipse the WCOOP main event, not only in the, you know, the amount of money given away, field size, just the, the combination of all those things, right? Like it yeah. may not be the biggest of any of them, but um, but the combination of buy-in size plus field size and ultimately the prestige of winning the WCOOP main event. And I love 
Um, you guys, there's a whole lot of new bells and whistles to look at in the broadcast too this time around. And one of my favorite things is we get a good look at uh, the part-time fisherman, PT Fisherman, who won the WCOOP main last year. You know, there, we give a lot of you know, attention to past WCOOP winners and seeing his photo that you guys are going to see his big smiling face actually brought a big smile to my face. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and just thinking about how ha- what a happy moment it must be to win a WCOOP main. Absolutely. Now, of course, all the streamers are going to be out in force, but our primary focus is going to be on the coverage on, on the, the central Pokestars Twitch channel, the central Pokestars YouTube channel, and another element to that coverage exclusive to Twitch on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays are the final table replays. And these are going to be covering, and this happened last year as well, you might remember, covering the non-Hold'em events. We know Hold'em rules the world, right? It's the game everyone wants to watch. It's the easiest game to follow. And all the biggest events are going to be No Limit Hold'em. But this is a genuine world championship of online poker. All variants welcome. So some of those other events, like Raz, like Horse, like 8-Game, are going to receive their time in the sun because we're going to have final table replays on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays throughout the series. And that coverage is going to be anchored by GJ and Pi, which got me to thinking, Joe, that we need to get ourselves some pie face on this podcast. And that is why we are introducing this week's guest, Mason Pie. Welcome to Poker in the Ears. Hello. Hello. Welcome, everyone. Hello. It's good to be here. Thank you. Hey, buddy. I feel like um, I'm just... So happy to see you because I don't, first of all, we haven't spoken to you ever on this show, I don't think. But secondly, didn't you have some kind of big win this summer that was like a really touching moment? And the scoop, it was yeah. the scoop. Yeah, this was this was awesome. Uh, yeah, first of all, I want to say, yeah, I'm old enough now to actually be on these kind of things now, so <laughs> I've actually grown up, uh, believe it or not. But yeah, uh, scoop was mad, um, you know. We took down Scoop 69 on the 20th of April, 420, uh, the most meme <laughs> tournament ever for 6.7K, wow. uh, which was insane. Uh, you know, I got my mum down. I woke her up at 3 a.m. <laughs> uh, I even mentioned this in the tweet. She had no clue what was going on. She kind of just woke up. She saw all the lights on, so she, she couldn't really see what was going on. And she just hugged me and, uh, you know, she just saw I was happy. And that was the, the main thing. You see, Mason, yeah, I, Joe had the same reaction that I did when we heard about this oh and then mason called his mum, and we had visions of you like picking up the phone yeah. no you went and actually got her from inside the house and brought her down to yeah, see I the did. screen i did yeah i initially was trying to ring raksha because raksha is my moderator she is like the glue that holds my stream together she's and, awesome uh, she yeah. had to go to bed because obviously she's got work in the morning and you know i was ringing her and ringing her. i was like well she's not picking up well i guess i have to wake up the parents so i i brought my mom down and she was like do you want to wake dad up and i was like we may as well get him up and you know he came on the stream and yeah it was just a surreal moment uh, a moment that i'll uh, cherish for a long time for sure yeah i noticed that um scoop has sort of that your scooping has sort of changed you a bit because now i see on facebook you got a picture with some hottie now you've got some now that you got some money you got a hot lady that would face. be uh, that would be my mom. Yeah, that would be. Oh, my mom. okay. I thought maybe she was a little older than you, but uh, hey, well done. <laughs> what a compliment! What a compliment! I'll tell her. I'll let her know, Joe. Thank you. But here's the thing, Mason. It's all connected, right? Because we now go from Scoop to yeah. WCoop. You won a title in a non-Hold'em variant. You are the founder and leader of the mixed games movement. You're going to be doing non-Hold'em streams during WCoop. I mean. 
okay, they're final table replays, but I mean, we've done them before. They feel live. You feel like you're in the moment, right? And people watching them haven't seen the action before. And you get the added bonus of being able, I guess, to bring poker variants that maybe people have never seen or played before uh, in front of a decent audience. Absolutely. That's what Scoop and W Cooper are all about. It is the world championship of online poker, not the world championship of Hold'em, for instance. That's yeah. what poker is all about. It brings together all of these variants, people from around the world who actually just come together for Scoop and W Coop to actually play the specific mixed games that are on offer. You know, during the regular schedule throughout the year, um, you know, there are no mixed games tournaments with such big guarantees. So, you know, for instance, this WQ, we have a 10K eight game tournament, which is massive. Uh, it's going to have like a half a million guarantee. That's going to bring out the best of the best. And as you mentioned, James, you know, doing these final table replays are awesome showcasing the mixed games because normally on the central channel, you guys obviously showcase the Sunday million, which is Hold'em. And you yep. do, you know, you've done stadium series, you've done um, the EPT. It's been mainly Hold'em. So it's really, really nice that me and GJ can come together twice a year to showcase these uh banana games as they're called when well, you uh when you started doing this mason were you an expert before you started wanting to show the other games or are you just learning along with the audience uh i actually started off playing hold'em and uh it was jason somerville who got me into mixed games um through streaming on twitch obviously um you know i was you know he was very persistent about streaming mixed games a lot of his audience were like no no one wants to see this and obviously he streamed more and more. He was very persistent about it. And um, they kind of just grew on me. And, you know, I just learned along with everyone else. And then I just realized that, you know, they're just such fun. And, you know, so much better to hold them. It's just uh, variety, which uh, is really, really, really awesome about it. You know, you know, you wouldn't just have margarita pizza for the rest of your life. You wouldn't just have vanilla ice cream for the rest of your life. So why just have hold them, you know? <laughs> Um, it's, it's true. I, I mean, we've we've inadvertently started going down the road of what I call the life of pie. I mean, we weren't going to be able to do this interview without doing multiple pie puns of. Um, of course. But we've got into you discovering mixed games via Jason Somerville. But let's go back a bit further. How did you discover poker? What is your life story? What is your background? Yeah. So obviously, normally people, you know, find it through friends or at university, they play home games or whatnot. I kind of found it through the YouTube uh, recommended rabbit hole, so to speak. <laughs> this so, is the future. Uh, <laughs> this is the this is the fucking future right here. People have no idea yeah. what TV is, but they do know what YouTube is. Exactly. So I was just, I was laying in bed one day, browsing on my laptop, some random YouTube videos. And there was this video uh, of the the big one for one drop, the $1 million between, it was a heads up between Dan Coleman and Daniel Negreanu. Oh yeah. And it was the final hand. And the YouTube video was titled, uh, player wins $15 million and seems very sad about it. And it's just a, a <laughs> moment of Dan Coleman around this massive pile of money, just looking very sad. And I was like, I would not be sad if I just won $50 million. <laughs> and then I looked at the recommended again, and there was a Pokestars video of how to play No Limit Hold'em. So I clicked on that, and that's kind of how it begun. Um, I played free rolls at my uh, university. I built up a 5K roll. Um, I then proceeded to blow that bankroll, uh, playing some other casino games. But then I built it all the way back up. Then I discovered <laughs> Twitch. Uh, through Jason Somerville, and um, yeah, never really looked back. What were you into before that? 
Um, like, where do you think your life would have gone had you not clicked on that YouTube yeah. link? I mean, I was going to ask, yeah. what, what, what started that YouTube journey? Like, I know what you mean about going down the rabbit hole, but what was the first video you watched that day, which I, then led <laughs> to this poker video coming up? I genuinely don't know. It's not something rude or anything like that. You know, I'll just be honest, <laughs> but I have no idea what it was. Um, I don't know. It must have been some kind of casino thing or maybe like underground Las Vegas. I have no idea. There must have been some kind of connection, but... Yeah, that's how I kind of found it. I probably would have just been doing what I uh, studied at university because I went to University of Exeter. I studied uh, computer science and I wasn't really good at it. I was actually really, really bad. And uh, I would probably go to say I focused more on the streaming and the poker at uni than I did my education, which is very wrong, by the way. Uh, I'm not promoting anything did you finish like that. Or education no? comes first. Did um, you finish or no? Yeah, I did. I graduated. Okay. I did so graduate. look. Look, you got your degree. I don't think there's anything wrong with if you discover what your real passion is while you're at school, putting a little more focus in that as long as you finish, as long as you, you know, don't waste, you know, you didn't waste your time there. No. Uh, I, I think that's, that's okay. You know, look, I, I'm certainly not pushing gambling as replacement of education, but um, discover, that's part of what going to university is about is discovering what your passions are. So, you know, I don't see this doesn't seem like a cautionary tale to me that says like, hey, I was successful at poker and I finished school. That seems fine. Now, yeah. the most important question I think I can possibly ask during this interview, Mason, you are a young man. We've established that. Do you drive? Do you have a car? I don't. I used to have a car. I have a license. I haven't driven in uh, in quite a while. I saw Where it before this going? I went to uni. Please tell me that you don't have one of those really annoying University of Exeter car stickers that looks like the Carlsberg oh. logo. Oh, you d that does ring a bell. No, everyone had those. Yeah. Everyone had those. My uh, my housemate did. So, um, yeah, they, they were around everywhere. They yeah. were around. Yeah. I, back he doesn't in the want day, people to think he's a nerd that finished finished college. No, back in the day, I mean, obviously, Exeter, a very prestigious university, also had a rep, certainly when I was at college, for being the rich kids' university and that the yeah. car park was full of, like, Audis and Mercedes. But, yeah. uh, um, so, you discovered poker on twitch via jason that got you into mixed games how did that then lead to you becoming a streamer and how did it lead to the birth of the mixed games movement yeah so that was through jason as well there was a, a competition that was running uh for the first PSPC where jason was giving away a platinum pass um, yes looking for the the next big uh twitch streamer so oh, i remember yeah. that that was the same competition that gj participated in as well and, and a few other streamers um we made the top 10 and then the top five alongside uh, Egyptian, uh, yep. All in Pav, Vanessa Cade, uh, Ryan Schumba. We didn't win. I think, uh, yeah, All in Pav won. Um, but I carried on streaming. I wasn't, you know, not down about it because I really, really enjoyed it. I was planning on streaming anyway, but this was just like an extra incentive, you know, like a 25K Platinum Pass. That's awesome. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I carried on streaming, and then um, a few months later, Stars got in contact with me. They they liked what I was doing with mixed games. Obviously, there was not many people out in the Twitch poker directory that was streaming mixed games. Um, I've got a real passion for them. I really want them to grow. I think they're really, really good fun. And uh, yeah, rest so, of history, I guess. To be clear, you started streaming specifically because of that competition and the opportunity to win a Platinum Pass. Yeah. And I mean, realistically, what was it? 16 at most 18 months later you are sitting in prague yeah commentating on an ept with a poker stars patch on giving away a platinum pass yourself 
yeah, it just went full circle. It was incredible. And um, we gave a platinum pass to Richie Robb, who you may recognize, and then Gilly, two fantastic streamers. But what's really fantastic about this Dare to Stream competition was um, the birth of Pennsylvania streamers uh, over in uh, America. And oh, yeah. two, two that spring to mind, I, I don't know if you're familiar with, Accidental Grenade and Nia One. Yeah. Um, they now are two of the newest um, ambassadors for Team Pokestars. So, you know, it kind of happened for me and GJ. And obviously it's amazing to see that these two are now on board and part of the team. And it just goes to show that, you know, you can stream from the very start with no audience, you know, no one knows who you are and you can do great things and you can get signed by the, the biggest sites uh, in the world. And those two are doing a fantastic job, not to mention Wiston JL as well, who participated in the competition was probably a little bit known before um, Accidental Grenade and Nio, but yeah, streaming has just really made um, some dreams come or become a reality really. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned GJ, of course, there, who you're going to be partnering with on these replay streams. Of course, you're going to be in your element, right? Because you love mixed games. Does GJ just have to go along with it or does she have the same <laughs> level of enthusiasm? Uh, I've kind of... A little bit of both, really. Uh, you know, GJ obviously only played Hold'em, as, as most people did. Um, but mixed games kind of grown on her. She's enjoyed them. And yeah, I think I think she really, really enjoys it. Probably not PLO. But, you know, some of the other games she really does enjoy. And I go as far to say that she probably prefers playing mixed games and hold them now. You know, you know, maybe take that with a pinch of salt, perhaps. Well, but you'll have to ask her. But yeah, I think so. And we will, because we will have Georgina on the podcast as a guest. She has been on as a super fan near enough four oh, wow. years ago now. So, wow. yeah, when, when she first discovered poker, before she even thought about streaming, uh, she has appeared on this show. <laughs> so you're, you're only four years behind her in that regard. Um, the final thing I wanted to ask you about, which made its debut on YouTube in the last few days was this Battle Royale game oh, yes. that you got to play against Tonka, Spraggy and Marley, um, in which you were kind of labelled as the knit or you labelled yourself as the knit, which I think is kind of slightly harsh and unfair in a, in a, in a four-handed game where kind of you're going to be forced all in uh, very, very soon. I think it's genius. Make uh, everyone think you're the knit. I, I love that move. Absolutely. This is great fun. This was the first time I've done any content like this before. Um, you know, I was just kind of dropped into the deep end and it was so fun. It's such a great format. There was a there was a part of the game where we had to play higher or lower. So we get to loot some of the chips of the person who was eliminated. And I, I don't know if you saw, but I yes. I <laughs> there was a king and I thought, well, it's gotta be lower. The ace comes. Yep. And then on the next round, when Marley was eliminated, oh, sorry, spoilers, but um, there was a deuce and you think, well, higher. And then the deuce came and I, I got no chips out of that, but it was great fun. I lost to Spraggy in the end. He flopped to flush, but I was mandatory all in. Um, it was it was just great to I, do content like that. I hope I can do more of that in the future. I really enjoyed watching it, but I'm glad you drew attention to the game that was ripped off from Bruce Forsyth's Play Your Cards Right, <laughs> because I did say I could easily watch you guys playing that for 37 minutes, especially when Spraggy just started sun running. But yeah. yes, there were some weird ones like the Ace, the King, and I think there was a pair at one point, and as everyone yeah. knows, nothing for a pair. Nothing not for in a pair, this game. you're right. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a lot of fun to watch, for sure. Now, it is unfortunately a rite of passage that by coming on this podcast you get put through the ringer by joe stapleton who has designed a game specifically just for you 
Puff, James, I- let's be fair. The entire audience gets put through the ringer every single time we do one of these games. This time around, Mason Pie, in honor of you, this game is called Pies Pies Mason's Movements. You probably already know what this game is, right? Not a Scooby-Doo, mate. I'm going to describe one of your bowel movements, what it might look or sound or smell like, and you're going to tell me which of the following pies you would have eaten to achieve that movement. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's so, go. so Let's for go example, for James, if I say that Mason's, Mason's movement was very blue and full of seeds, what sort of pies pie would he have eaten maybe to get there? I have absolutely no idea. A blueberry pie. Don't worry. There's going to be okay. multiple choice options. This Let's is quite it. literally a shit game. <laughs> <laughs> Question number one. If Mason's movement were found to contain banana and toffee, that would most likely have been caused by which of the following pies pies? Is it caramel pear pie, panoffee pie, tofana pie, or cheesecake? That would be a banoffee pie. Banoffee pie is correct. You're one for one. <laughs> Mate, I'm just, ah, oh, this is great. <laughs> Question number two. If Mason's movement were found to contain both whiskey and rye, it would likely be the result of which of the following pies pies? Is it Irish pie, shepherd's pie, American pie, or 3.14, yada, 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 yada? Um, that would be the first one. Hey, Irish pie is incorrect, James. The lyrics, Mason, the lyrics. What a blunder. What a blunder. Okay. American pie. Oh, no, no, no. We were drinking whiskey and rye. Question number three. If Mason's movement was large and painful after being delayed for many days... It was likely caused by which of the following pies pies? Cabbage pie, Chicago deep dish pie, prune pie, or X-Lax pie? Uh, we'll go with A. Cabbage pie, not the answer we were looking for. Chicago deep dish pie full of cheese. Oh, Just tons oh, and tons yeah. of cheese. Deep Everything else pie, there yeah. would help. With Mason's movements, unfortunately. (laughs) Maybe I'm not as good as this I thought, you know? You definitely need to study your movements more. Question number four. If Mason's movement contained four and 20 blackbirds, how much did pie likely pay for this pie? Is it A, six pence, B, a dollar, C, a sawbuck, or D, six pence, none the richer? It's got to be A. That's got to be A. A is correct. Six pence. We're back on the board. Two and two. Three questions to go. Question number five. If Mason's movement contained a Dunkin' Donuts wrapper, pie most likely consumed which of the following types of pie? Strawberry rhubarb pie, banana cream pie, Boston cream pie, or U-Porn cream pie? Dunkin' Donuts. Um, let's this go is for, a very uh, American question. Let's go for Boston. Boston cream pie is correct. You're back Love on that. top. Love that. Love that. Three and two for Mason Pie. Next question. If Mason's movement contained a gift receipt for a wreath that sent him to the hospital, which of the following pies pies is likely to be stuck to it? <laughs> a chicken pot pie, a steak pot pie, 
a mud pie or a blueberry pie? And if you've never seen the show, I think you should leave. You probably won't know the answer to this one. So this is specifically a type of pie you'd associate with a funeral? You'd, you, would, uh, you would associate this type of pie being stuck to a gift receipt and then consumed at a party. Wow. The uh, kind of, what? Which of these pies would make you sick? A chicken pot pie, a steak pot pie, a mud pie, or a blueberry pie? A mud pie. A mud pie would make you sick. That's correct. Well done. Yeah. You didn't use a big enough slice. If you didn't use a big enough slice and then got mud pie on the gift receipt and someone ate it, it would make them sick. Uh, I think what? you should leave season one, episode one. Go ahead. What, what, okay. what, what was that a reference to? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm lost. It's a, it's a very popular internet sketch comedy show called I Think You Should Leave. Season one, episode one. It's like a 15-minute episode. Oh. Everyone should go watch it. Sorry, I literally okay. thought you were telling Mason, I think you th <laughs> yeah, as in, because think you, you haven't seen this TV now. show, I think <laughs> you oh, should leave. Oh, oh, no, no, no. The show is called I Think You Should oh, Leave. Oh, confusion abounds. One All more right, question. So I, think, I think Mason's four and two right now, so cannot lose this game. Final oh. question. Okay. If Mason's movement contained a whole lot of sake and Japanese whiskey... That would have most likely been caused by which of the following pies pies? Sushi pie, Olympic pie, cum pie, <laughs> or attack on Titan pie? We'll go, <laughs> we'll go with A. Sushi pie was the, was the distraction answer. We were looking for cum pie, which means cheers in Japanese. Oh, uh, of the course. Way you said it, the way you said it, though. The game had to end with another <laughs> bad pun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And on that bombshell, Mason, thank you very much for coming Absolute on the show. Absolute pleasure, gents. Thank Good you so much for having me. Good to talk to you. Good to catch up. And yeah, I'm looking forward to those streams. Four weeks of WQ just around the corner. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to be starting forward. on. Uh, we're going to be starting on Monday with just a just chatting stream, and then uh, Tuesday with some PLO and uh, throughout the rest of WQ. Awesome and I'm stuff. looking forward to some more pictures of your mom. So don't don't deny me. <laughs> Thanks, Get Joe. some more of those. I'll let so. know now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mason. <laughs> Take care, guys. Thank you so much. I hear new music, and I assume this denotes a new segment of the podcast, Joe. New segment, who knows how long it'll last, but I had someone reach out to me over the hiatus and ask me to settle a poker debate, and this happens from time to time. I get people say, hey, my friend's being a real idiot. Can you, uh, can you tell him this is how it is in poker? And I thought, why not squeeze some content out of it? So, welcome to our brand new segment, Can I Get a Ruling? I am all about this because my favorite TV show, one of my favorite TV shows, is Judge Judy. I've been watching that show since the mid-1990s. I can binge it like nobody's business. <laughs> I need to know, are the cases real and are the rulings final? The cases are real. <laughs> the cases, all right, let's try that again. The cases are real. The rulings are final. In fact, James, if you, could you please read the uh, the legal disclaimer? Oh, yes. Uh, this is our show, and these are our rulings, and that's that. These rulings are 100% legally binding, should you choose to accept that they are. The judges are fickle and temperamental, and this show assumes no liability for rulings you don't agree with. That is right. By the way, the original name for this show was Justice, James, and Joe. <gasps> but Wow. Well, <laughs> in the style, Joe, of the Judge Judy voiceover guy, and now, the next case... Case number 789490, Seven Deuce Bruce is what we're calling this one. And this was sent in by a Nick B. And here is the case as presented by Nick B. Hey, Joe, 
Wanted to get your thoughts on this. I got an argument with my buddy over the seven deuce bounty. He thinks it's stupid and makes no logical sense. His argument is why would you reward a player that won a pot with a bad hand and then not conversely make someone who won with aces not pay everyone else at the table? I know it sounds absolutely ridiculous, but he can't get it through his thick skull. <laughs> we fought about this for two hours last night. What? I felt like I was losing brain cells. What would your argument be against him? I have a ruling. Judge Joe, please make your ruling. I'm really glad you asked, Nick. You know why? Because I bet you think I'm going to dunk on this absolute idiot. Well, I'm not. You know why? Because no matter how dumb one of your idiot moron friends is, we treat everyone at the poker table with the same amount of respect, especially if they're a low IQ individual who's probably going to do chonks in the game. I would just calmly and politely explain to him that it's like running with weights on your ankles or winning a fight with an up one arm behind your back. It's harder to do, so you get more street cred for it. Except in poker, there's no such thing as street cred. There's only cred cred, a.k.a. money. Also, it sounds like maybe your friend doesn't understand you can win the hand by bluffing. I would make sure he gets that part, too. All right, I had a point to all this, but I kind of forgot where I was going. James, anything to add? Um, well, again, to channel Judge Judy, who, as well as bringing a lot of sass also tends to be fair and balanced. Now, the first thing I'm going to say is, I think there's some hyperbole here. I refuse <laughs> to believe that anyone spent two hours arguing about this. Um, and I would say, to be fair to Nick's friend, you these side bets, these games should be optional, and I think all players have to agree to them. So if someone's not interested, if someone doesn't want to take part, then that's on them, and that's fine. If you want to play the game by its normal rules, the way it was intended, that's fine. But as far as having these games, yes, Joe, you're right. The reality is you're meant to win with aces, right? And that will happen 80% of the time. It's harder to win with seven deuce, and that's why you should be rewarded, because poker is about deception. Bluffing is the most famous aspect of the game. Sometimes it's the part of the game that's utterly overrated and overamplified, thanks to TV and movies. Seriously, thank you. Crucially, I think if you are able to do that, maybe you do deserve some recognition, maybe in the form of a cash prize. That's why people invented the game. That's why it's logical. That's why it makes sense. Final judgment, ruling for the plaintiff in the amount of zero dollars. Legally binding. Thank you. Okay, let's bring on this week's superfan. Time to welcome our first post-summer break superfan. Let's say hello to Ben File. Hi, Ben. Hi. Ben, I know nobody out there can see my face right now, but this is me really struggling to come up with a file joke you haven't heard before, so I'm just going <laughs> to skip it. It must be just utter painful uh, pain for you to have dealt with such an easily punnable last name your whole life. Oh, it's very true, Joe. Has well, it driven you far from office work? What do you do, Ben? Um, I hide in the night. I uh, nice. help run the night shift. <laughs> wow. I, I assume you would say where if you could, or? 
Um, for a supermarket in South Wales. Cool. So you uh you you t- you handle overnight stocking and or um yeah taking repairs? In, taking, taking in deliveries, making sure everything gets stocked. Not at the middle as much to stock with with uh, all the driver shortages in the UK. Yes. Well, let's file that one away. Um, look, it ah. could be worse. Imagine how hard it is for Ben's brother Peter. Um, you <laughs> have chosen a British poker legend as your specialist subject. What is your poker story, Ben? Um, so I started sort of playing sixth form in comp in comp um, for one piece and two piece. Um, I seriously is, have no idea what any of those words mean. Six form and comp for for one piece and two piece. <laughs> You're playing for bathing suits. Okay, let's <laughs> let's translate it part by part. Okay. Sixth form yeah. is senior school. It's basically when you're doing your A levels, 17, 18 years old. Got it. Okay. One and piece comp- and two piece refer to one penny, two penny pieces. Fine. In- and what is the what about comp? That's okay. a school. That's like comprehensive school. <laughs> oh, okie dokie. Not a poker comp. See, I knew I I should ask. All right, go on, Ben. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, so we, uh, we're playing for those. So that was 1999. Um, obviously, uh, late night poker was on then. So got into nice. that. Um, so then as soon as I was old, old enough and online sort of kicked, kicked off straight on there and starting to play online for fun and i'm just checking very quickly that this isn't one of patrick's questions no it would be too obvious of course it was dave the devilfish elliot who won the inaugural season of late night poker the tv show which i guess ignited the first mini poker boom in the united kingdom and i'm guessing ben that's one of the reasons why you've chosen this specific character yeah great character he was certainly a character, that is for sure. Um, I know, obviously, Joe, you're probably going to take issue with the word great. Um, I think... No, no, he is a great character. I, 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 you know, I don't need to comment on whether or not he was great in other areas of his life. As far as a character's concerned, uh, many villains throughout uh, television history have been great characters. Uh, so, I, I, Delfish was always a bit of a villain. To me, to be honest, but definitely entertaining. No, no, that he's he's a true. lovable rogue, isn't he? He's like uh, he's like no. a crush from Heartbeat. <laughs> Not really. I don't know if a lovable rogue would have told me on Twitter that he was going to set my head on fire. You know, that's not really like a lovable rogue line to me. I actually think that's one of the comments that won Devilfish the most number of fans. Um, (laughs) We have the usual format. So just to recap how Superfan vs. Stapes works, for anyone who is new to this show, uh, there are 10 questions on this subject. All of them have multiple choice options. Now, if Ben, our Superfan, or Joe can answer the question without taking the multiple multiple choice options, they score two points. If you need the options, the score reduces to one point. And simply, whoever comes out on top wins the game. Ben, with WCOOP just around the corner, you are playing for a $109 WCOOP ticket. Plus, of course, we'll throw in some PokerStars merch, whatever happens, to thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, as our super fan, as our guest, you get to choose first. Where are you going on the board? Please give me a number between one and ten. 
Right, so let's go number one. Number one, starting at the very beginning and not always coming seven for once. Uh, the question is, how old was Devilfish when he left school? 15. He was 15 years old, and that will get you two points. I had way the under on that. I would have said eight or nine. I think there is a legal minimum in oh, the I United see. Kingdom. Got it. Even in Hull. <laughs> Joseph, what number would you like? Uh... I'll always come seven. Let's do it. Okay. In which year was Devilfish inducted into the Poker Hall of Fame? And I'll give you a clue here. I think he was inducted posthumously. Uh, I don't really see what good the the choices would do me. It's going to be four things that I'll have. To, unless it's like 1968. 21-21. <laughs> uh, let's go with... Uh, 2017. Wow, he hit it. Two points. And we have a tied <laughs> game after the first round. Okay. Ben, don't worry yet. Still plenty of questions to go. One <laughs> and seven worry. have gone. You can have any other number. Let's go eight. Question number eight. Why was Devilfish fired from his first job? And even if you don't take the multiple choice options, I'm going to read the options because Patrick's done sterling work here. Um, I'll have to take the options. He's done so many crazy things. That <laughs> okay. Is it because, by the way, these are all eminently plausible. Is it because he got into an altercation with a co-worker, he took an afternoon off to watch horse racing, <laughs> he urinated in his boss's coffee, or he showed up to work with a prostitute. So we will go with option one. He got into an altercation. No, yeah. it's because he took the afternoon off to horse watch race. horse racing. Joe, which question would you like? What que What was that? Question two? No, that was eight. That was eight? I'm going to do this Alex Jacob from Jeopardy style. I'm just kidding. I have no idea what that means. Let's do question six, please. Question six. How many World Series of Poker bracelets did Devil, Sh Devil Fish win? <laughs> you almost said the right name. Um, Boy, this one is something I really should know. You can't, couldn't have had that many. Let's say two. Only one. <sighs> so still two points each going into the third round. Ben, two, three, four, five, nine, or ten? Let's go ten. Question number ten. Who was the first poker player that Devilfish told he was terminally ill? That. I have to take the options. I'll know it when I hear it. Okay, was it Victoria Corrin Mitchell, Mark Telcher, Barney Boatman or Marcel Lusk? Marcel Lusk. Marcel Lusk for a point. Nice one. Joe, you're up. Uh, I'll take the lowest number available, please. Which is number two. How many children does Dave the Devilfish Elliot have? You know what? I was thinking of this for the bracelet question. He has two. Two children. No idea. <laughs> the over on that one. He has eight kids. Oh, my God. 
Uh, is the next question uh, via how many different mothers, or no, are we not going to get into that? We're not getting into that level of detail. Three, four, five, or nine, Ben? Let's go three. Who gave him the nickname Devilfish? That was, and you'll probably have to excuse my pronunciation here, Stephen Ooyoung. Correct for two points. Wow. I love the fact that one of the options was himself. No poker player <laughs> should be allowed to give themselves a nickname. Some have tried, but it doesn't work. You that can way. always tell which ones gave themselves the nickname. You're like, oh, you're like, oh, your your nickname is Awesome Sauce. Great, yeah, <laughs> you definitely gave that to yourself. Uh, so, Joe, you're a bit behind. Uh, I am going to point out that both five and nine have bonuses attached. So there's a potential three points with those two questions. Well, nine's my lucky number, and I was going to choose that anyway. Okay. Nine, who did Devilfish beat heads up for a WPT title? I'm going to have to take the choices. Was it Phil Helmuth, Phil Ivey, Men the Master Win, or Mike Matisau? I feel like Devilfish Matisau would have been something I've seen a million times if that actually happened. Let's go with Men the Master. No, it was Philip Horatio Ivy. Uh, I am going to still give you the bonus purely based on the fact that you're way behind. Sure. What year was this? 2008. Way earlier. First season of the WPT uh, 2003. Uh, final round, Ben. Four or five? Let's go four. How many EPT events did Devilfish cash in? I'm pretty sure this is quite a low number. I'll take the choices. 10, 20, 30, or 40? Go 20. You should have gone with your gut, which was it was a low number. 10 was the answer. So, Joe, if you are able to get the yeah. next question, the final question, without yeah. taking the options, yeah. and nail the bonus as well, you will tie the game. Okay. What date was Devilfish born on? <laughs> well, I have a 1 in 365. You do? It is a date that's probably best known for something else. Yeah. Um, he was born on September 11th, 2001. He was born on the 1st of April, and here is the bonus question, which I'll give to you, Ben. What year? It was 1954. It was. That means you get that final all-important bonus point. It wasn't important at all. It made no difference to the final result. Six points to Ben, our superfan. Two points to Joe Stapleton. Congratulations, Ben. You crushed. That means we are going to present you with a $109 World Championship of Online Poker ticket, plus a selection of PokerStars swag. File this Brilliant. one under Ben kicking Joe's ass. <laughs> what a fantastic result. Uh, thank you very much for applying to come on the show. Thanks for sparing the time to talk to us today. Thank you. All right, my babies. It's been a fun show back. I'm actually kind of sad to see that we are almost out of time for this week's show. Coming up next week, it is W Coop, baby. But that doesn't mean the podcast is going on another break. Uh, normally it would, because when we have a major online series, we normally put the podcast on the shelf. But remember, we're streaming Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. So that means we can record the podcast on a Thursday. It's going to be a little bit experimental. I imagine these episodes are going to be slightly shorter. We're still going to have Superfan versus Stapes, but I think the rest of the show is very much going to be a mid-series update 
Howard Swains is going to be on the show with the key stats. Maybe we'll hear from one or two of the early trophy winners. But these are going to be quite newsy, WCOOP themed. Let us know what you think of that style of podcast on our Discord channels. That's right. Don't forget to join the Discord. Don't forget to get us uh, some of your uh, cases over in the Can I Get a Ruling, a.k.a. Justice Joe and James. I uh, would like to do some more of those in the coming weeks. I'm very excited to talk to Howard a bunch over the next few weeks. Quick asterisk. When we set up the Discord channels, at that point, you were all about our previous new segment, Joe, running amok. So there is actually a dedicated channel for people to ask questions Great. for that segment. I guess use that one as well if you have a problem and no one else can help and you can find them and you need a ruling from judges Joe and James. It counts as a question, sort of. Um, so yeah, we got lots going on with WCOOP the next few weeks. Going to be very busy. James, just remind me that when something interesting happens in WCOOP, like that at the end of the broadcast, we like, let's take a few notes so we talk about this on Thursday because I think sometimes WCOOP's such a blur for us that we don't even really recap all the most uh, interesting stuff. So I'm going to do a better job of taking notes and getting sure. everybody a nice little rundown. Uh, the next super fan subject is the film Jarhead, which reminds me to remind you to use that Discord for super fan applications, guest suggestions. Uh, you can still use the Twitter hashtag poker in the ears, P-I-T-E, I should say, hashtag pite. But uh, Discord is going to be the place where you will most easily be seen and heard. Yes. That is all I'd... the time. Oh, oh, oh. Just wanted to remind everyone, introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from. That's right. Tell us how long you've been listening. You'll get a shout out on next week's show. You'll go in the draw for some prizes. All right. Very good. That is all the time we've got for this week's show, guys. Thanks so much for being with us for the return of Poker in the Ears, season six or seven or eight. Nobody's really sure. Uh, <laughs> for, until next time, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. <laughs>